Welcome to the FFI Practitioner Podcast. Today, we're pleased to feature Camille Corshin and Eric Vetter from the Stockholm School of Economics. At the 2022 FFI Global Conference, they presented the session, Family Office Impact, Investing a Nordic Perspective on Sustainable Entrepreneurship. We welcome Eric Vetter and Camille Corshin. Let's talk a little bit about the involvement of social responsibility and entrepreneurship and how it works in the Nordic countries and why it's uh, something for us to take a look at here. One of the things that we're looking at at the Stockholm School of Economics uh, Center for Family Enterprise is what the Nordic perspective is and what makes it unique. Um, And I think in this context, it really we tie in um, elements of the culture and also the history of the Nordic region. And so uh, there is a strong emphasis in the Nordic region on sustainability and social entrepreneurship. Let's define what sustainability means in this case, talking about environment. Different people define it in different ways. Um, In this context, it's really about environmental, social, and government, um, sort of the typical ESG factors that most people are talking about. Eric, let's talk about social entrepreneurship. How do you define that coming from your perspective? So uh, social entrepreneurship, the way it's approached, uh, I think, in the Nordics is uh, actually not so much nonprofit entrepreneurship as commercial entrepreneurship that also seeks to have a social impact. So uh, one uh, term that's commonly used uh, currently is uh, impact unicorns. So the common startup unicorn, uh, the definition is a startup that's valued at a billion dollars, whereas an impact unicorn is a startup that has a positive impact on a billion people. So that's a current Uh. buzzword that's being used in the Nordics. What would be some of the characteristics of the Nordic culture that lend uh, these family enterprises to doing these kinds of things? What is it about the people and the culture of your countries? So one way to define it is that the Nordic countries, so Sweden, Finland, Denmark, and Norway, are often by economists characterized as being coordinated market economies. And that's opposed to the US or maybe the UK that are more liberal market economies. And the way that's being expressed is that the history uh, has a much more deeper involvement of the government into business. So there is more trust uh, towards the government. Uh, There is a history of more regulation, but there is also more trust from people towards the government because of uh, social welfare and public welfare. So that just means that uh, startups and established companies tend to approach business Uh, with a more kind of stakeholder perspective. So one doesn't only focus on benefiting shareholders, but a lot of Nordic businesses and entrepreneurs focuses on benefiting stakeholders, which is a wider definition, including both the shareholders, but also employees uh, and other stakeholders in the surrounding uh, ecosystem. We often see polls of who are the happiest people on earth? And usually it's the Nordic countries who lead the way. And that has to have a lot to do with it. That's all interconnected, I would imagine. You know, absolutely, especially when you look at uh, the indices and rankings at an aggregate level, you can see that the Nordic countries and companies within the Nordic region um, are consistently ranked highest. This goes for you know indices like the Global Sustainability Competitiveness Index 
or the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. Um, consistently, the Nordic countries are ranked very high. What about technology? I hear and read that uh, cutting edge is a good way to describe how technology is being used. Um, absolutely, and I think this also goes back to historical policies within this region as well. So government policies that have promoted tech engagement and accessibility for citizens has really contributed to this boom. Like Camille said, uh, a lot of government investment has for decades gone into infrastructure and digitalization. So pretty much everybody has access to good internet connectivity, uh, mobile phones, uh, has been a feature of Nordic Nordic societies for for decades, which has also yeah, lent itself to making technology a very uh, natural uh, part of, um, of the startup scene. Eric, does all of this lead to better cooperation among and within families? Are you seeing a difference in geography from, say, the States or England and the Nordic countries in terms of how people manage their businesses? Because a lot of what we deal with is conflict and resolution of that conflict. How's it going in the Nordic countries? Well, as I think what technology has brought about is that it's lowered the barriers both to conduct business and to establish new business. So in most uh, countries in the Nordics, you can establish a new company and start investing or enter a new industry within uh, less than a month, I would say. Uh, and it's all done online. You don't need to show up and sign paperwork or, or anything like that. So it just means that the interaction, capital allocation uh, is, is very uh, easy to do. Uh, and obviously, the Nordic countries have a lot of cultural affinity. So it's all different countries with different languages, but uh, ha has always had a lot of cross-cultural connections, uh, uh, family connections, and, and otherwise. I would also add that the an emphasis on an awareness of sustainability within the citizenry really um, helps new businesses kind of have a baked-in purpose um, of sustainability versus, you know, in other regions or parts of the world where perhaps it's an afterthought or something that comes later in the development of the new business. Has this been generationally accepted? In other words, has it been something that you've noticed has gone well for not just this current generation, our age, but the previous generation? Have they accepted this tendency to social entrepreneurship, innovation, etc.? I think one of the things that we see or, or claim is indicative of, of a trend in the Nordics is uh, a common challenge in family enterprise is for the previous generation to engage the next generation in the family business. Uh, and, what, and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. But something that we can see is a tendency in the Nordics to use sustainability as a platform for the previous generation to engage the next generation. Uh, so that's something that we come across in, in many family businesses and family offices. And in some cases we can see the family office becomes the platform where the next generation is engaged, often in social entrepreneurship rather than being engaged in the legacy family business. An example or two of what kinds of companies these family firms are involved with. 
it really runs the gamut. But um, one example that, that we talked about in our session um, is a company that's investing in systemic change in specifically the food and tech industries. And so they look for companies to invest in that are for-profit companies um, that are really making a, a global impact and a systemic uh, impact um, in those sectors. I don't think we appreciate what is emanating from the Nordic countries in terms of cutting-edge leading technology and new business systems. you want to herald what's going on in your part of the world? Uh, sure. So uh, the Nordics is a pretty small region. Population-wise, it's less than Texas. But over the last two decades, uh, uh, telecom uh, is a big thing. Ericsson, Nokia, um, fintech. Uh, Nasdaq is obviously a big U.S. exchange. But under the hood, they're actually uh, running Nordic technology. Uh, the, the deposit clearing technology was developed in, in Sweden. Uh, and recently it's then uh, fintech payments, uh, a lot of gaming, uh, both uh, computer games, mobile games, uh, and then obviously consumer um, uh, apps such as Spotify, uh, Skype that was acquired by Microsoft is, is also a Nordic startup. What role is the Nordic country, the group of Nordic countries playing in terms of the looming energy problems and that kind of sustainability? I mean, we know that Europe is under the gun these days and has been for a while. So Norway, which is uh, one Nordic country, actually is, is a big oil producer. Uh, but then Sweden and Finland, the hydropower is, is a big thing. So overall, you could see the Nordics as sort of the, the Canada of Europe. Um, so there are a lot of natural resources in the Nordics and at the same time there is a lot of investment going into uh, renewables, so wind power, solar and, and similar initiatives. Why do you think it's important, Camille, for people here in the States or in other parts of Europe to know this story, to, to be familiar with the Nordic success story? So I, I think that it has that there are a lot of lessons to learn from this region, even though it's a relatively small region um, comparatively uh, in the world, um, on what could be accomplished uh, globally in the area of sustainability. And Eric, what's the need now? We talked about the benefits, but what do you see as the major need? There is a lot of ambition in the Nordics, and I think what a lot of... Uh, initiatives want to prove is the fact that impact investing and social investing uh, isn't done uh, at a deficit so you don't lose money by doing investing for impact uh, but I do know a lot of initiatives and families are now putting money where their mouth is in order to try to prove that impact investing is as profitable as sort of pure commercial for-profit investing uh, some are even making the argument that impact investing is more profitable because it's more sustainable and thus less risky over the long term. So I, I think that's maybe the, the challenge or the need is, is to prove that. And I think the, the, the needle has been moving in the United States conversation about, in the American conversation, about this impact investing not being concessionary. Like Eric said, um, but I think in the Nordic region, we can actually point to some solid and concrete examples of that actually happening or being the case. One more question for you, Eric. Is it a thriving community of advisors in the Nordics 
that is offering this kind of advice and help and guidance to family firms? Are you finding a spirited group of advisors and are they willing to travel the world and share their, their magic? It's a small community, but I would say that it's thriving and it's open and actually some of them are, uh, are here this week. Eric and Camille, thank you so much for making the long journey and for adding so much to the conference. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thanks again to Eric Vetter and Camille Corshin for this conversation about family office impact investing. To learn more about FFI membership, go to www.ffi.org. For more FFI practitioner podcasts and articles, or to submit one of your own, go to ffipractitioner.org. I'm Jordan Rich. Thanks for listening.